0: Yeah, I think, Sakina, I mean, definitely catching the market uh, wrong-footed here. There was so much skepticism going into this, simply because the market was saying OPEC no longer functions adequately as a cartel, the likelihood of them getting a deal across the table very low, uh, and they surprised all of those, uh, those critics. Uh, effectively putting a deal uh, across the line yesterday. Uh, Their meeting closed. It was their final day of their meeting uh, in Vienna. Uh, And this occurs uh, as they seem to have come to some sort of agreement with regards to Iran and Iraq. You know, those were fairly contentious. Uh, So they've come to some sort of agreement in terms of allowing them to keep – production, uh, uh, you know, so slightly more elevated than previously had been discussed. Uh, Russia coming to the party over here. And uh, the, the big question mark for me, Sakhin, I mean, we've, we've had a, a, an over 10% rally in the oil prices, now back above the $50 uh, barrel mark. Uh, and, and the question is, Can they actually deliver on this? Because if they can't, and the incentive to cheat remains very high, and this has been historically what's happened within OPEC, is that they agree to cut, and then certain member nations uh, feel as though they can actually circumvent the quotas uh, and continue uh, production at slightly higher than agreed levels. And that's effectively how it's unraveled over the course of the last several years. However, if they can actually stick to the kind of quotas that they've decided to impose upon themselves right now, we could easily see this oil price extend its gains from current levels around $52 a barrel to above $60 a barrel. Now, why is this important for us? It's great if you're an OPEC member. It's great Mm. if you're Russia, uh, Nigeria. It's going to help you out with with economies that have gone into significant distress and massive deficits. But if you're an economy like South Africa that imports its oil, that's very heavily reliant on those oil imports for its energy mix, Uh, and and for transportation networks, logistics internally, uh, that's going to come through with a little bit of a bite. Uh, And so I certainly think at at current levels, it's not necessarily ahead of the range that we've penciled into our own inflation forecasts. But if we do see this kind of upward pressure sustained on the oil price, and if we see any RAND weakness come through here, uh, that's going to come through with a, a little bit of an inflationary impact. It may have a lag. It may come through over the course of the coming months, but it's definitely a risk to smaller economies, like South Africa, let's keep an eye out. I, I think the, the the additional eight to ten dollar discount uh, from the sixty dollars to where we are right now, in terms of whether they cheat or not, uh, is still warranted. Simply given the behaviour we've seen from cartel members over the course uh, of the last decade or so. Mm. And then um, South Africa's trade balance swings back into deficit, but it uh, did beat expectations, Mohamed. Yeah, this is an important one. So, first of all, in and of itself, as a monthly number, it's very volatile. Trade data tends to be very volatile. So, moving into a deficit, it was a surplus of $7 billion in September. It's now a deficit of $4.4 billion. Uh, But this beat consensus forecasts. I-, I must stress, though, consensus forecasts as well tend to bounce around, and they can be fairly volatile on a number as volatile as this. So, I wouldn't necessarily read too much into that. What am I looking at? Well, well, you know, whilst you look at the monthly volatility where exports slumped by around 11% over the month. Imports rose a little bit. The more important thing for me, though, is looking at the full year-to-date number, and that's, that's impressive because our year-to-date deficit now is standing at only $14.3 billion from, uh, at, for the same time last year, billion. So that shows you that we actually had a significant uh, gain in terms of our external balances. We have had several months of trade surpluses on the back of a bounce in, in exports, but also a significant curtailing uh, of our imports. Whether this is sustainable into the end of the year or not needs to be seen. I, I get the sense that you're probably going to see these deficits persist as you get the November and the December number as well. But it still leaves me relatively more optimistic than, than most with regards to the current account deficit for this year. We see that at, at just below 3.5%. Uh, uh, however, and uh, next year, as some of that pent-up import demand for capital equipment uh, to replace additional capacity and so forth, as that kind of demand comes through, you may see the deficit move a little bit wider into 2017, but the important thing here is that a narrower current account deficit certainly helps us with regards to the narrative around ratings agencies. Remember, at our worst... These balances were in excess of negative 6% of GDP. So there's been a lot of uh, improvement in that, certainly over the course of this particular year, uh, but certainly also from our trough that we had not so long ago. And, uh, Mohammed, before you run, if we could just quickly touch on the U.S. private payroll surge, uh, of course, as a precursor to tomorrow's jobs data release. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't track 100%, but it's generally a good, reliable lead indicator. It's the private payrolls number out of the U.S., uh, and that uh, jumped up to 216,000 from 119,000 the previous month. So uh, as a precursor for non-farm payrolls, uh, we would expect to see a fairly strong number come through. Remember, this is being released tomorrow afternoon, so we won't necessarily get a chance to speak about it. Uh, But uh, the important thing here is if you get a strong payrolls number, it's going to solidify expectations for a Fed hike at their December meeting. Uh, Is that market moving? I don't think so, simply because I think the Fed hike of 25 basis points in December is already fully priced into the market in many respects. So whilst you might get some shorter-term pressure on emerging market currencies like the RAND, I would expect that to abate, simply because I think most of that is already in the price.